the concept of retention makes me very relieved because there is no 100% every day. I was a perfectionist a long time ago, but perfectionism is not very good. So giving that 100% out of my head makes me feel and embrace the reality. We're delighted to have Chani Park with us in today's episode, joining us from Seoul, South Korea, a data analyst, working mom, a book lover at heart. She's the perfect guest for our podcast. In this conversation, I'm catching up with her and getting her insights into data-related questions. Thank you, Chani, for coming. How are you feeling? I, I'm very honored and very thrilled. Thanks for inviting me today. Uh, how was your day? Do you have more work left to do? Are you ready no. for bed? No, I'm, I'm very ready to go to bed. <laughs> going to oh, bed. thank you for, for sparing a couple more minutes with us. Um, I thought I did a brief introduction of who you are, but I was wondering if you could maybe tell us what would be like your version of your introduction. If you meet somebody, let's say, I don't know, a taxi or how do you describe what you do? I'm a data analyst. It's been almost 15 years to work as a data analyst and also a mom. I have a, a eight-year-old son who is in now in elementary school. And I love reading books and sharing good books with whom I love. And I think a great place to start. I think I've known you from sharing books and just your curiosity in general. I was looking at your Instagram feed and I think you were hosting a book club or a book talk. Can you please tell us like what you were doing recently? Yeah, I think that was my recent activity as a book lover. I hosted a, a book talk with the author I love. She wrote a book uh, about the conversation between herself and her children. That was her recent book. I love that book so much. So I hosted a uh, book talk. And did, you, did you already know the author? Or yes, did you, yes. Yes. Oh, so this is somebody that you knew already? Yes, I met her two, I met her two years ago in Rome, Italy, when I visited to Italy and I bought her book from herself <laughs> in Rome because she lived, she lived there. Did you contact and her? Did you contact her? Oh, I happen to be in Rome. Could yes, 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 yes. Via Instagram. I so you knew her. that she was in Rome? Yes, yes. Oh, wow. So I so wanted cool. to buy her book when I was in Germany, but that's Korean book, so I couldn't get it from there. So, But she said that she could um, ship it over the overseas and... And that's when I was in Italy, just traveling. So she said that she could just meet me and give it 
Jimmy by herself. So that's our first meet. Oh wow! I did not know that. Yeah, that is so cool. And I think knowing you, Chani, I'm sure you've had multiple kind of similar experiences. And I love how you pursue people that you find interesting. You just contacted an author out of the blue who happened to be in Rome, and you got to meet her and later on host a talk with her in Korea. That's incredible. How did she receive your like your message? Is she used to receiving this kind of messages? How did she like take your offer of almost like friendship? Uh, so it was like step by step. So last year I opened a book club online with her book. So there has been around ten people. And we shared the book, and the at the final meeting, I invited the author into the book club, and we get got the chance to talk to each other and meet each other. And then this is all I, online, online last oh, year wow. because she was in Rome, and in this time she came to Korea just visiting. So I asked her, offer her. Uh, meeting with her, the online book club members, and she said that oh, it's a very good idea. She loved to, and the things get bigger and bigger. It is like more than twenty people came in. That's that's so nice. Like how you just organically just became <laughs> something, and I don't know. Did you expect this to to become this big? Your online not, book club? No, not very much because I imagined just a small gathering, like around ten people. But the CEO of Kumawa Sogure Juranim heard my plan, and she said that she wanted to do it as well as me, and she offered like a formal book talk in a very cozy. And spacious place that she, she knew, that she sourced and, for you. Yeah, yeah, and she, she sponsored all of that. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, for for people who don't know who this person is, could you maybe give us more details of Turan? Okay, Turan is one of the members of the online book club conducted last year, and she is the CEO of Homemade. Granola, granola, like cereal, the whole vegan cereal type of thing, and she is one of the active book lover, an art lover, and she likes to express her love to authors and and she loves the book so much, and she wanted to join this whole book talk plan. It's always so great when you have a partner. Who mm-hmm. is like as committed as you are, and like they lucky you that you have people like that in your community. But the book that you're talking about, could you share like what's the name of it? You said like the author talks about this conversation oh. that she has with her son. Yes. Can you tell us more details about this book and why maybe it resonated so much with you? Oh, okay. The book title is Conversation Between 
Mom and Son. That's the chapter two. So, 모자 문답집 in Korean. And this is the recording of conversations between mom and son every day. From this book, start from the son is four years old and it continues till the four years old. Uh, it's from, I think it's seven, from start seven to till ten. Oh, wow. For about four years. Um, yeah. For, from four years to till ten. But for a long time. So she yes, records. Yes. These are real conversations. Yes, yes. And you can see the sun is growing. And what are they talking about every day? It is very funny, but also very touching at the moment. Because it's very honest and it's very everyday conversation. But she's very... So honest about herself and every day. And it is the pandemic situation. And she worked as a tour guide before giving birth. But after giving birth, she couldn't work as a tour guide because tour guide is very... It's very time intensive. If you have a kid, it's, I think, pretty hard. Yeah. yeah. Right. So she... And then it's like with the pandemic also. Yeah, so she couldn't continue her career as a tour guide. And then she started to write a story about herself. And she also wrote everyday conversation between her son. And it's so funny and so touching. And they live in Italia, so it's very different from Korea. I think it should be different from America as well. The whole mindset. And everything. So it's so interesting yep. to see and read. Yeah, I, I did not know about this book. And I think you have a way to make people interested in what you are interested. I think there is something about the way maybe you talk about the things that you like that is very inviting. People want to read the books that you read. You're great at promoting activities or communities or books. Do you want to share the things that you like? Were you always like that? Where if you find something that you enjoy, you want other people to find it and enjoy it with you? Any thoughts on that? I just thank you for you feeling that way because I think it's totally voluntary of me, of my side. Because I don't get paid for that at all. And if someone wants to pay me for that, I probably won't do it if I don't want to do it. So everything I share is just totally pure and naive side of me just for getting nothing for me but is it more not not in terms of like a commercial value but why do you think you want to share what kind of joy or energy but i i feel that if there's something that you enjoy you actively promote it and you want people to share the same or maybe something happened to you where you found things because people recommended to you 
just wanted to see because I don't see it in everybody, but I just saw it more in you. I don't know. Maybe I want to be micro influencer whatsoever <laughs> secretly inside of me. I don't know, but I think in these days people are so busy at everything, and if I find something good, it could be a book or. Uh, TV drama or a Netflix series. If I think that this is good, and people should know, and that's what I post on Instagram. Cool. And how do you feel when somebody actually watches the series or buys the book, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. love it, and they tell mm-hmm. you, "Oh my God, Chani, thank you for recommending this." Mm-hmm. I love it. How does that make you feel? I'm very happy. Genuinely happy, and I don't really feel that people are responding. Their comments are not that much, but every time if I meet someone, and they always tell me that oh I、uh, see your post on something and that book is very good, so I was very surprised to、uh, see. Everyone is watching my Instagram. <laughs> yeah, so、uh, a few months ago, I think I posted about a book that was like this book, "The Bullet Brain," and this is quite actually thick book, and this is very somewhat academic about psychological contents, but it is so good. And there was a, a Netflix series about bullying. In school, the glory in Korea that was so popular at that time, and I thought this book could be a good content to understand how bullying can affect the psychological impact on people. So I wrote a simple recommendation post on Instagram about this book, and one of my follower she. Was a teacher at that time, and she read this book and met me another conference seminar, I think. And she said that this is so good, and she thanked me for recommending and introducing this book. So I was very honored. <laughs> yeah, I and I totally share that. If I find something, and I it could be anything, it could be it. Coffee it could be anything. If you feel that if somebody uses that or tries that, and really likes it, and they tell、mm-hmm. you, it makes you feel like great. I think one of the things is like it's very unexpected how it happens. It's totally unexpected that oh wow. So I really like that. There is this kind of unexpected magical serendipity that happens with like relationships in communities with people that you meet. I'm pretty sure, like even hearing your story about the author that you met, and it sounds like a it sounds like a drama or like a movie, right? Like I met this author from like Rome, Italy, and then like I hosted this book club, and she was visiting, and I hosted this, and I found this like friend of mine. And when you are so open to trying things, I think you are inviting more of these moments. You talked about this book club that you did. Is there any other example of this kind of, I don't know, like doing something 
without expectations, being open, and、mm. then finding this like magical experience, relationship. Any other stories like that that you could share? Maybe meeting you and being in this podcast is the perfect example of that coincidence. And how? Because we met through Instagram, I think, right? And I, I came to know you by listening to Notion conference, I think, in Korea on online conference. You were there. You were Notion ambassador, and I thought it's so cool. And you seem to be like shining. And I followed you on Instagram, and after a few months, I you sent me a DM, I think, about the book club, about Atomic Habit. Yeah, that's the first start of our relationship. Yeah, that you recommended this women's community that I joined.、And、after that, after that, that I recommended I you about Changpo Salon, the community. The online community in Korea, and inviting you, inviting me in this podcast. Yeah, it's a great example, and I love how you are just very open and curious, but you are also very sensitive to what you like, because you know you're not doing million things. Like you're very focused on、mm-hmm. a few sort of areas of your life. One of them to me is books, women's communities. <laughs> so you're focusing, I can, or maybe I don't know, gravitating towards like health. Is that right? Like health, books, and then maybe like women's communities or like areas that maybe you're allocating energy and time. Yes, and I like to extend my connection. Towards sonbe and hube. Okay,、uh, like bridging. You mean bridging,、yeah. like your maybe seniors and people who are like、mm. more juniors to you. Yeah. Can you give us more details about that? What does that look like? Last week, last Saturday, I met three university students. So they were, they are fifteen years younger than me. So they asked me about tips to. Get a job about data and everything, so I recommended them to the first job is just first job. <laughs> It's not your ultimate final destination, and one thing should be lead to another, and you can always find a way. And the next day on Sunday, last Sunday, I came to a conference. Held by a guy fifteen older than me, he's from Silicon Valley. He's Korean and he works there. And he came to visit Korea just for sharing his wisdom and knowledge with younger generation. So I was very that was very unique experience. One day you met girls. Fifteen years younger than you, and the next, the very next day, you met the a guy fifteen older than you. So I'm like between generations, but the situation is very different. But I think I can share my wisdom and knowledge 
with younger generation one day, maybe from now on. Yeah. Curious about, did you, did this three students, this college students reach out to you? How did you know them or did you know them before? Oh, I, Dongari club that I, I've been participating from the university days. So that connection is still lingering. <laughs> and then, yeah, the contact was still yeah, made, like mentoring thing. I did not know that, Chani, but that's so you. I think I can totally see you as this role model or mentor, hero for some of these mm-hmm. students. And I would have loved to have you as somebody know that I can get advice from. And it's very interesting how you love books and you love this kind of like difficult thing about emotions, like relationships. These are very, not very exact or precise, but then your job is like data and like analyzing data and looking at data and trying to maybe interpret numbers into this narrative or like the story. I know you have like over 15 years of experience in data. How did you start getting involved in data? Like, It was not my first and foremost job. I majored in sociology in university and I learned a lot of communism, feminism, and all kinds of ism. I didn't think about getting a job a lot at the time. I was so pure and naive. And, but as at the time of getting a job at the senior years, I came to know I uh, didn't have much about skills and everything to enter the real society and reality and then I found I learned social survey skills and statistics luckily I got into Nielsen company the retail measurement company which is very big company actually in United States but I could luckily get in and learn data from there a lot from seniors and clients. Your background in sociology, right? And then you somehow end up in this company where the main service they offer is to understand numbers, right? And you are saying that a lot of the technical expertise you gained at the job, is that right? Question for you, like when you are looking at this like data sets or like numbers and numbers, how do you think your background in sociology, do you feel like it plays a role in understanding these numbers or it doesn't help much? Did you feel like you were maybe a little bit different from your colleagues who were like maybe just trained in with numbers? Mm-mm-mm. Explaining numbers itself and the sociology or humanities does not help directly, but I think the sociology and all feminism and cultural anthropology classes I took that helped me. My analysis and understanding should be more politically correct 
and the conclusion or recommendation towards more sustainable. That's what I believe so. And one of my former boss of mine told me uh, at one on session with me, she said, Tiani, your analysis have uh, humanism. <laughs> so I took it very gravely. But at first, it took me a very long time to getting used to all that numbers. I wonder even what that means, like your analysis has humanism. That's a very kind of deep, I think, comment, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know what that actually means. I know like before your current job, you were working for Starbucks. I'm pretty sure like Starbucks hired you with a very high commercial interest, like Mm -hmm. you're helping them understand data so they can sell more coffee or their products. Mm -hmm. And just with your background in sociology and all of that, did you enjoy the job of reading numbers and trying to figure out how to increase revenue based on your analysis? I really enjoyed the job. And I think because when I see numbers, I see not only revenues, but also see uh, a lot of partners who are working in the in this company and i also see a lot of consumers and membership members producing this sales so So it's like producing what can be something that leads to the better of all of these different stakeholders and that's something probably you think you're thinking about I think, I believe. Uh, You're working for these large companies to understand probably large data sets. But in what ways do you think knowing a little bit about data could really help people and their day-to-day maybe activities? Any tips on how to maybe approach information for people who may not need it at their jobs, but then it would benefit whether it's, I don't know, I have a class and there are like 60 people signed up in this class. What are some things that would be useful for somebody to to think about as they approach data sets? Okay, so understanding data is all about comparison. So let's say 50% of your classmates or students are very satisfied with your lectures. So let's say 50%. 50% itself does not guarantee, does not say your lecture is good, but compared to the last year, la- satisfaction score last year, if let's just say 10%, but it arise to 50% this year, it means your lecture skills developed a lot. We have to always set a comparison, what to compare. So you need to think about it. It could be you can compare time to time, group to group, or your former yourself. But if you cannot have something to compare, you have to store data from now on. That could mm-hmm. be your benchmark. Wow, that's uh, like storing data. And you say if you you need things to compare right with each other. Mm-hmm. And 
question for you. What kind of things do you record or what kind of things do you maybe keep a record of? Maybe of your son or what are some things that that you keep track of or record? Maybe nothing. My period, period. The cycles. And, and my yoga track, the Apple How Watch. many Apple Watch? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And do you read your, do you analyze your personal data too? No, Apple Watch do it for Does me. it for you? Yeah. Okay. I know I was trying to, one specific task that I have is in a couple of weeks, I'm hosting this or I'm planning this mastermind, which is, it's a fancy word for the workshop with oh. about 60 or 70 people. And this is a workshop of, I would say like entrepreneurs, like business owners, and it's a community that I'm part of. So I'm like organizing some of the activities and these are people that I have not met them. Mm -hmm. And I'm about to send out a survey and I've been doing a lot of analysis, like just data gathering or scrapping data from like LinkedIn or just getting to know who's going to be there. And I'm lost I feel like, oh my God, they're so different. Everybody's so different. Everybody mm -hmm. is so unique. So mm -hmm. when you have that, that situation where like you have a lot of data and I don't see any connections between this like 70 people, any tips on how to maybe find more connections, how to help these patterns emerge mm -hmm. or maybe surface mm -hmm. more? Is there any way that you would recommend okay. look at this I angle, look at that angle? It's not from data experts, but as our community experts and active listeners to all conferences, I think that unique combination is very good. And you cannot make everyone satisfied. 100% is a just myth. Even a customized service cannot make it you just have to let that mind go i should make everyone satisfied you are just hosting an event you are not 100% responsible for that result and people i think believe the organizing committee or you so you don't have to make everyone satisfied there will uh, be surprised how different and how diverse the members are. Yeah, the, that's a great point. And I almost feel like, oh, everybody's so different. There's no point in organizing them because whatever the combination, I think there'll be like goods and bads. I've been as also somebody who's been in a lot of different communities. I feel mm -hmm. like some in some groups are amazing. Oh my God, mm -hmm. like this is like such a good exchange mm -hmm. of emotions, mm -hmm. exchange of information, exchange of like attention. Mm -hmm. And then some other groups are not very good. And I'm mm -hmm. trying to understand also what makes a group like really gel or like really yeah. have this interactive thing in your experience from like your community participation, right? Like you're, you're very actively involved in communities or you've run your share of like book talks or book clubs. What have you noticed about like, how can this group of people 
connect better and quickly. If you have two days, like in, in two hours, we're going to connect. I think the basic tone and manner is very important. You have to set the etiquette tone and manner of this group, like ground rule, like you can be honest, you can share everything within us, and you are very important. And the quality of this meeting and group is part of your responsibility. <laughs> 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 I love that. Yeah, that's great advice, Jenny. I feel like people with a lot of wisdom have gone through a lot of painful experiences. So yeah, like it's a comparison, right? What do you like about data? What are some, I don't know, two or three th cool things about data? If you had to sell data to somebody in the same way you sell books to people, read this book, read this community. I think data can be really cool. But what are some of your favorite things about data and working with numbers? I don't know. In my first company, Nielsen, colleagues and of mine made a joke like, oh, I gained a lot of weight compared to a year to date. Something <laughs> like that. I think data is very clear. I think someday and almost every point data is also subjective, but compared to other part of world data itself is very clear. And I think if we can embrace and try to understand data, many things are getting more clearer because we can just think about weight, I gained the weight, but compared to when and where, everything must be clearer and it can actually lead to a better actionable point, I think. Any, Chani, anything unexpected or surprising data that you found in your life that made you maybe change your behavior or your understanding of something? Let's say there is a concept of retention. Almost everyone should know by now. So on the first day, 100 people use this app. And after one week... 50% of people still use this app. And after one year, 1% of people use this app. The retention, the concept of retention makes me very relieved because there is no 100% every day, everywhere. I can be sometimes 50%. Sometimes 30%, and sometimes I could be 80%. And 100%. I was a perfectionist a long time ago, maybe until before, maybe after giving birth. But perfectionism is not very good for me and my outputs, actually, does not help at all. So, giving that 100% out of my head and bringing the concept of retention and everything must fall down naturally <laughs> makes me feel and embrace the reality, I think. I love that. That's, I love what you said about how that concept itself is mm -hmm. not even data or numbers, but that mm -hmm. the concept existing 
makes you take a different mind, like a, a very different approach and mind frame. I know you have a son and I wonder how with your son, is there a lot of data that you collect about your parenting? Like you're in, cause there's a lot of data, right? That like when they grew up, like I still have my notebooks of what I was feeding the kids at every mm-hmm. hour. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of data early on, but how is your parenting style Do you keep track of things that you do with your son, scheduled and strict with your son? I try to be, I try to be a mom who makes my son more independent. And how do you do that? Like practically speaking, what are some specific things that you do that you think helps your son become more independent? I try not to prepare his wear, his clothing. I try not to pack his bag. I try not to ask him about his homework. But sometimes I fail. Sometimes I win. So he can ask himself or he can like practice maybe like thinking, okay, what should I wear? What should I pack? Yeah. That's great. Last thing, Chenny, I know that you're the group that you mostly maybe interact with, or I've seen you work with a lot of women, moms, and as a working mom, I think it's a big struggle. It's a real struggle, right? There's this invisible burden that we have to do a lot of things that maybe we don't get recognized for. Any words of encouragement or things that give you strength maybe as a working mom for people because I'm sure there are a lot of women who are just tired exhausted and having a lot of Mm self-doubt about what they're doing and I'm not talking for myself but (laughs) any any words of wisdom Mm -hmm. advice or encouragement Mm. think of my past my younger mom period I think at that time I was full of anger and disappointments about myself and everything because I didn't know what I had to expect I didn't know the mom life was like that and I was shocked and surprised by reality and all the responsibility But as a perfectionist, I try to do all that. I I wanted to overachieve about everything at work, at house, at personal relationships. But be trying to doing everything, trying to being everywhere that makes that made me feel more miserable and feel more my health wasn't that much strong than I recognized but it takes a lot of energy (laughs) and all of that we need to put the perfectionist mindset down and you have to embrace the fact that you cannot do all of that and you have to live for yourself not for being recognized from others thank you chani that's a big i think perfect way to to close and as i so late for you 
Chani, it was so nice to have you. And thank you for just being so open and sharing. And yeah, I really appreciate you. Thank you. It's it's been really my honor to be part of this. I'm always cheering for you. Yay. I'm happy for you. Yes. Thank you so much. 